Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good morning, tweet, tweet. Good afternoon, good evening, Screen the Screener listeners out there. Thanks for putting up with Mike and I going on vacation. We are back, or I am back, and Gus will break down a few of the college notes that we have moving forward. So happy to be back with you listeners. Thank you so much for dealing with our time off. You know, we do have vacation time. We do have getaway time with the fam, and that's exactly what we're up to. I was going to ask Mike, so does this sound about right for the June 2018 NBA at draft? Everybody, please close your eyes. I know I asked you this before. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes. But if, you know, just imagine, like before, with your finest David Silver voice, please. With the fifth pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Colin Sexton from Alabama University. Now, Mike might say, why aren't they taking Miles Bridges? I'm kind of with you on that. But due to the fact that the Knicks whiffed on the Frank Nidalekina selection, they get it right here with the best point guard in the draft, and he puts up crazy numbers and leads the tide to the tourney. He's a very hot property. The Knicks take Sexton. Miles Bridges, of course, could be taken in any of these upcoming picks. Without question, I left him out so Mike can go a little bit crazy, start pulling out his collar, and then start itching his head crazily, saying, what are you even talking about? Again, please, best David Silver voice. With the fourth pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select DeAndre Ayton from Arizona. Claps across, fresh off a Final Four run, the first for Coach Miller's Hall of Fame career to be. The former uh, Bucks GM, who values length, shares a skilled big man and takes him. Uh, Think Sully or Olden type Final Four run here for Arizona with Aiton having that type of impact during the run, thus him getting selected fourth. With the third pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Phoenix Suns select Mo Bamba of Texas. When a guy with the longest measured wingspan is going three, the top three of this draft must be really sick. If you remember, Paul Biancardi, Coach Biancardi from ESPN, told us that Mo Bamba was one of the hottest properties going in the upcoming NBA, uh, in the upcoming uh, NCAA uh, recruitment period, and he landed at Texas. This draft is really strong, one to eight ish, but after that, there's a definite drop off. But Mo Bamba is part of that strong one to eight. The Suns whiffed on other bigs. This should be a big hit, a double gapper, a gapper with a double. One guy that might sneak in is uh, Luka Donjic, the Serbian. He's a forward, uh, shooting guard, nice six seven size, proper Euro buzz. Seems like he can shoot it a bit. He's got some wheels to defend. He's got great game IQ. Um, Do we smell the Celtics loading up again at the wing spot? I'm not sure, but that's another guy to keep in mind for the 2018 NBA draft. But on to the second pick. With the second pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics select Michael Porter Jr. 
from Mizzou. P.S. Thank you, Nets. After bringing the Tigers back from the dead in SEC country and making the tourney in that 8-9 game and upsetting the number one seed in the process to make the Sweet 16, Porter was almost the number one pick. Except this happened. With the number one pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Sacramento Kings select, that's right, their good karma from the 2017 draft continues, Marvin Begley III from, yeah, that's where we're not sure. We don't know where he's going to be from. He just might be the number one pick in the 2018 NBA Draft because he is thinking about reclassifying. And that is where we're going to start this podcast. So Marvin Begley III is attempting to reclassify and become eligible to play hoops in the upcoming NCAA hoop season 2017-2018 season. This is huge news due to the caliber of his ilk and his play. He just might move and take over Porter as the number one person taken in the NBA draft in 2018. The larger question for Hoops fans is, where in the world is he going to play NCAA ball for a year? Because he is a definite one and dunner for sure. We'd like to welcome everybody into the Screen the Screener podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Happy Shark Week, everybody. Uh, It's one of the finest TV things going. Uh, Please be careful at the beach. Uh, If you are at the ocean this week or next week or the following week or any time this summer, if you're at the pool, if you're at the... I don't know, if you're at the lake house, one of those things, do me a favor. Take three pieces of garbage with you next time. Those three pieces of garbage have the highest percentage of hitting the ocean at some point. That's a higher percentage than Giddy Potts hits from three. I bet Giddy Potts hits about 48% from three. That that little piece of garbage that you're going to walk by at the beach, the pool, or the, or the lake is going to end up in the ocean at some point. So at please do me a favor. Pick up a couple of pieces of garbage the next time you hit the the beach, the pool, or the lake house. Um, The biggest shark fish in the pond that might jump in just might be Marvin Begley Jr. the third. So where in the world will Begley go? That's really the hot question that could change the landscape for the 2017-2018 NCAA season. So we're going to take you on a little exploration trip. We're going to hop into the the shark cage we're gonna go underwater we're gonna explore and see where exactly Marvin Begley the third just might go and what impact that might have on that team that program and that conference moving forward so he's got a whole bunch of visits lined up uh, he uh, talked at peach jam to a number of people uh, one of the biggest uh, high school I don't know AAU uh, tournaments going over the summer where a whole bunch of college coaches can just kind of show up, take a peek at incoming freshmen, uh, get a better view if their game advanced, maybe they grew a couple of inches, those types of things. So while at Peach Jam, he talked about reclassifying. One of the places he is going to visit this particular week is Duke University. And yeah, they are kind of loaded. Here's what they have in before Begley even enters the fold. They got Trayvon Duval, Frosh point guard. 
think Tyus Jones, a true point guard, can bring it to the hole with some force, has some size. He likes to finish in traffic. His jumper is still improving. Think a slightly less shifty De'Aaron Fox. And everybody knows how Mike Randall and I feel about De'Aaron Fox. We think he should have been number one, number two in this year's particular draft, and we think he's going to be an excellent NBA player. Duval is in that type of company. Duke also has Gary Trent Jr. The dude will go top 12 in the 2018 draft, 2018 NBA draft that we were just kind of mocking before, no doubt. 6-5-ish score from the wing. He can shoot it from deep. He's got a mid-range game. Uh, and he can guard you. Really underrated part of his game. Not the knockout athlete on the wing, but still pretty crafty and shifty with the ball. Really like Trent as a player. I bet a whole bunch of NBA scouts will as well. Duke also has Wendell Carter coming in. Now, Wendell Carter is a little bit of a throwback. He's just a good, old-fashioned load down low. 6'10-ish, about 260-ish. He's got a post game. If this guy stays healthy, Duke will be in the Elite Eight or the Final Four for sure. Mark that down now. If you're going to go back and hit the rewind button on these screen for uh, screen the screener podcasts, you're going to come back to this one and say, oh man, Wendell Carter is killing it and Duke is going to make the Final Four, just remember that we told you that first. Bigs are still important in the college game, i.e. C. Gonzaga and UNC from last season. Yeah, those two teams made the final game and duked it out. Carter will also go top 12 in the 2018 NBA draft. He's not a good rebounder. He's a great rebounder. And in his freshman season, he might even have the chance to be an elite rebounder. Duke also has Jordan Tucker, another frosh with a roll. Tucker will take that Matt Jones role, you know, of knocking down a few threes and defending on the wing. He's 6'7", really long. He's going to get in people's faces. He's going to try to add some difficulty on the defensive end. Tucker will see floor on the time. Uh, Tucker will see time on the floor with Carter for sure. I think Tucker might stretch the floor with his three, defend on the wing, and then chuck it in um, to Carter down low and let him do his thing down low, being a load at 6'10". And don't forget about Marquise Bolden. Uh, the 6'11", leftover Saf, will find a new role now that he's healthy. The dude was just never fully right last year. He wasn't healthy. He couldn't find a role. That team had its roles defined, and you know how Shashevsky loved Matt Jones and Emil Jefferson, so it was hard for Bolden to find the floor with those two seniors playing such a large role in the locker room and then also on the floor as well. You play Bolden and Carden together for stretches and look out. Not many other teams will be able to match up with that NBA size and that NBA-ish skill. Bolden is going to find some important moments on the floor for Duke this year. Just wait and wait it out. And let's not forget everyone's favorite target, senior Grayson Allen. Let's hit the rewind button a little bit, right guys? A lot of folks had Allen on their first team All-American last season, and some even had him penciled in as a player of the year option. We discussed Allen's past enough. Mike and I have been rough, we have been critical, and we've been pretty direct. But... As you know, Screen the Screener holds hope very dearly. Let's hope his future holds big things and big changes. Personally, on the court, and then for the greater good and Duke's final result in 2000, 
2018 March Madness. I'm kind of rooting for Grayson Allen to get it right. I'm kind of rooting for Coach K to not take any credit for it. And I'm kind of rooting for him to go under the radar and then somebody pop up and say, hey, you know what? Grayson Allen just might be an All-American candidate because of his solid play this year. And nobody talks about it. Well, that's a top 10 team right there. And maybe a Final Four team with Coach K back healthy and focused. Now, let's throw throw Bagley into the mix, right? You might see Carter, Bolden, and Bagley together on the floor at the same time. That's an NBA-type front line, no joke. Their size, their athleticism, their ball skills, that is a little bit crazy. Or, let's mix it up a little bit. How about a Duval, Trent, Allen, Tucker, and Bagley lineup on the floor at the same time? Shooters and creators are everywhere. That is a mismatch nightmare waiting to happen for all ACC coaches. And oh, geez, P.S. That lineup would be nuts in the round of 32 or the Elite Eight. Coaches would be prepping for that big lineup with Bolden and Carter, and then neither of them would be on the floor at the time. I smell like an 18 or 19 uh, to three run waiting to happen if Duke puts that lineup on the floor and a final floor, final four waiting to happen. Begley would be would be on board. He'd hit a three. He'd drive the slower, big Mitch Max, mismatch against him. Foul trouble for the opponents is a gimme. So final report here, if he goes to Duke, Bagley would push a top 10-ish team to a Final Four national championship type contending team, no doubt. He would totally tip the scales. But that's not the only place he's visiting. Let's not forget out west. Let's go out to the desert. How about Arizona? And by the way, Arizona is kind of loaded. They're going to be in everybody's top three preseason. They're going to be a many number one preseason. Man, does this team have players. They are just kind of nasty right now. Let's give a little rundown of who they got before Parker even hits campus and goes for a visit. They got PJC, Parker Jackson Cartwright. He's the glue. He's the glue to this machine. He'll play minutes and he will not be asked to do too much except take care of the offense and don't turn it over. But watch out. I bet this dude is going to hit some big shots if the team leaves him alone. And you know he will be left alone because of the rest of the people that we're going to mention on this rundown. I bet that script plays itself a repeat a few times this season. Maybe not at a mellow tremble type frequency of last season because mellow, you know, if you hit the rewind button on mellow, he won probably eight games for Maryland by himself with a last second heroics or hitting foul shots in crunch time. But just watch. PJC. He'll have a few moments this season, maybe two or three. Raleigh Hawkins. Mike loved Raleigh Hawkins from day one. He loved his mismatch body type. He loved his skill set. Mike was all over Raleigh Hawkins from the, from the first day that he saw him play, and he came back for his sophomore season after going to the NBA draft combine, being a little bit injured, getting some feedback from NBA execs. So, Think DeAndre Burton from Iowa State last year. That type of body, that type of skill, that type of freaky athletic ability. The dude is a stud, and he's a mismatch waiting to happen on the wing. They can play him at multiple positions. Now, here's the star. Frosh, DeAndre Ayton. You heard his name in the preview. You heard his name getting drafted in the top five of the 2018 NBA draft. That will happen. 
Because he is a 7-footer, he is 250 pounds, and he is a difference maker on both sides of the ball. He's gifted on the boards, and he has a softer touch than you think. He definitely will be a top 5 2018 NBA draft pick. DeAndre Ayton is one of the biggest recruits Sean Miller has brought to Arizona since I don't know when. Now, if you're going to go deep, you got to have some vets. We, we, we mentioned the point guard, uh, uh, Jackson Cartwright, but you need a veteran big too. Think of the veteran bigs that Gonzaga had. Think of the veteran bigs that UNC had last season. Yeah, guess what? Arizona has one too. It's Dusan Ristic. Every team needs a big with some guile, a big with how to get it, that has the know-how of how to get it done down low without getting into foul trouble. Ristic will be the perfect 15 minutes of efficiency to the Aiton's 25 minutes of beastliness and beautification. Maybe Miller attempts to play them together a tiny bit? Oh boy, yikes. Now, we got a couple other frosh that we need to mention. Uh, We got Akat. A 6'7 wing who's sneaky good. Watch him find his way on the floor in the second half of the season. He is a nice ISO player if needed, and he can hit it from down deep. He will be a nice wing player to back up uh, the person that we'll get to last. We also have Brandon Randolph, a 6'7 shooting guard who can just flat out shoot it. Think like a taller, more athletic Gabe York. Do you remember Gabe York? He was one of those glue guys that Arizona just loved. He will have a role on this team with Aiton on the floor to create some space, very similar to the Duke lineup that we had earlier. And everybody's All-American first-teamer is going to be Alonzo Trier. We can chat about him off the cuff. He just might shoot at 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 85% from the line for a top-five team. That definitely sounds like an All-American candidate. All right. Let's throw Begley into this mix, into this roster. Um, he's kind of the perfect four-man next to Aiton at the five and Trier on the wing. Talk about an NBA lineup. You throw Hawkins into that into that lineup on the floor with those three? Dang. And Parker Jackson Cartwright is going to get a lot of open looks if Begley throws there. Begley adds almost, as if you didn't know it, a final four this year. And when you have that type of pressure... Does that pressure squeeze enough to influence results? Or is it just a talking point for everyone all season? And Miller and the Wildcats hit Pater. And if they win this whole thing with Aiton and Begley going 1-2 in the NBA draft this year, what a storyline that would be. Next stop, USC for Begley. Man, imagine if he goes out to the West Coast a little bit further than Arizona. And if he shuns Arizona, the Pac-12 will then become a major powerhouse. So USC does have some players in place already. And you might see USC on some top 10 preseason prognostications. You might see them in the top 25. You might even see some people pick them for the Final Four. They do have a ton of talent coming back from a team that won two NCAA games in last year's tournament. Let's sh- let's start with uh, uh, Shaq Aaron. The 6'7 wing oozes athleticism in his sleep. He can truly do everything. He is not afraid of the big moment either, i.e. his 23 points in the UCLA win, and that was a huge win for USC's uh, 2017 NCAA tournament uh, resume, and he was the big man in that game and put that game over the top for the Trojans. 
Everybody's favorite big man is Benny Boatwright. 6'10", think of a mini Boogie Cousins. Dude can shoot it, he can play around the basket, he can board. He is just a mismatch waiting to happen on every single pick and roll that USC is going to run. He is a first-team all-Pac-12 player waiting. He might even be in the running for Pac-12 player of the year. They also got one of my faves, Jordan McLaughlin back. Absolutely love the 6'1 point guard. It's kind of simple. He's great. USC's great. What else do you want besides a senior stud guard for a deep march run? Yeah, check. USC has that. Doesn't mean to need to do much with this type of crew. He just needs to run a tight ship, hit some threes, and be efficient with the ball, which I predict Jordan McLaughlin will do. Uh, DeAnthony Melton. 6'4 guard is an uber athlete. He can't shoot it yet. He might do it this year, but he can defend on the wing. He can board. Uh, He is absolutely the type of guy that you need to make a deep march run, and he fills up the stat sheet. He had over a steal. He had over a block. He almost had five boards. He had three dimes. The dude can play. Dude is going to find a lot of playing time for USC. Chiazi Metu. Every team that makes a deep march run needs a big man. This huge 6'11 banger is the type of big man that that team needs. Think like uh, Bell from Oregon last year. If he's healthy, they'll be pretty good. Metu will be that difference maker down low. He can score on the block. He can defend. He is that type of difference maker down low that you're thinking of for a deep march run. And another senior... Guard Elijah Stewart. He's a 6'5", kind of do-everything wing. He can shoot it from three, over 40% the last two seasons combined. What a pleasant anchor to lean on for the USC Trojans. A senior backcourt with Stewart and McLaughlin. Okay, you're going to throw Begley into this recipe? Oh boy, Coach Enfield already has athletes all over the floor. Now, will Begley add like a Simmons or Fultz-type vibe to the program that is underlining an urgency to win and win big now, which USC is kind of doing. I mean, they're coming off of two NCAA wins over Providence and SMU and could have won that Baylor game. That that game was in the balance with about five minutes ago. So perhaps they're trending the proper direction. Does Begley push them to a Sweet 16? An Elite 8? To a Final 4? Are we saying that USC could make a Final 4 with him? Man, that's the impact that this player can have. He can change Duke from a solid Sweet 16, Sweet 16 team to a definite championship title contender. He can change the aspirations and the outlook at Arizona from, oh boy, they're going to be really good to, oh no, they better be really good with him or else. And for USC... Oh, man, are you joking me? They're going to be pretty good already, but if you throw him into that roster, they just might sneak into an Elite Eight or a Final Four. But think about it this way. If South Carolina can make the Final Four, then why not USC? That might be another question for another pod another day. Um, Now, let's just talk about a few other teams where Begley is, is planning to visit, where he might show up. 
uh, you know, we're not 100% sure this reclassification is actually going to go down, but he is planning to visit a couple other places. You know where one of those places is, too? It's another Pac-12 team. He's thinking of visiting UCLA. They still have Holiday to get buckets in the backcourt. They still have Welsh to do their dirty work down low. I mean, they lost Ball and Leaf and Alford, and that would hurt anybody. Those three players are top shelf. I mean, all three of those guys are top 50 NCAA players from the 2017 season. So if you lose three of the top 50, you might be hurting, but not UCLA. They got Chris Wilkes, six seven kind of do-everything guy. I bet he finds the floor a lot. Got Jalen Hands, uh, Prince Ali. They got Leanne. Uh, Leandro Ball, 6'7-ish, uh, 6'6-ish, uh, more of your do-everything player, not your typical point guard like Lonzo. Uh, and Goleman is going to be a beast down low. I bet he blows up. And Frosh, uh, Cody Riley, 6'9-ish, uh, and he's a load at 250. He'll find a lot of space down in the post for them as well. I think they'll be okay. But if you throw Begley into that, that kind of changes their whole outlook. I think that they are uh, UCLA and and the Bruins uh, faithful are thinking like oh you know we'll be decent again next year but if you put Begley on that team man they badly need his length and position down low if you put him next to uh, Welsh down low and you have Holiday out on the wing and you can toss it to Wilkes that's not a bad team that's a team that could surprise that's a team that could sneak up and and win the Pac-12. And, you know, at least compete with Arizona. But if he goes to Arizona, then UCLA has no shot to compete with Arizona for the, the, the title there. Um, a couple other places he's thinking of visiting. Of course, if you, we mentioned this on our road trip, right? If you're thinking of being an NBA player and you're going to go to a college basketball program, how could you not go to Kentucky? Now, if Bigley goes to Kentucky, that would help them a ton. They lost Monk, Fox, uh, Bam, Derek Willis, Briscoe. They lost a ton this year. They're bringing back Gabriel. Uh, they do have uh, Hamadou Diallo coming back, who's going to be an absolute star this season. He is going to light it up. He's going to be the next Kentucky star of the season. Think of Monk and later on Fox in the tournament. But they do have P.J. Washington. They do have Knox. They do have uh, Gabriel coming back. And if you can add... Begley to that situation with um, Green or Gil Alexander at the point, I think now Cal has something. I think Cal is thinking like, oh, you know, we'll be okay next year. But if he adds Begley to that mix and he can play Begley and Gabriel, uh, Wayne Gabriel and then Washington together, throw Knox out on the wing, throw Green or Gil Alexander out on the point, man, that team could definitely make a final four if the point guard position is tight so kentucky is another place to watch out for for begley to land and of course as of recently kansas is a great place for top nba talent to land for one year think Embiid, think wiggins I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't go here. And I think because there's been so much success that's been had by Kansas with these type of players recently, I think it would be silly to dismiss Kansas as a possible landing spot for Begley. If you're going to have a backcourt of Newman and Devontae Graham 
and then you can throw an Azabuki as the big down low, throw Vic out on the wing, and you can throw Begley in there as well. That starting five is possibly the best starting five in all of NCAA basketball 2017-2018 season. I'll repeat that. If he goes to Kansas, Kansas may have the best starting five of all of college basketball for the 2017-2018 season. Newman, the transfer from Mississippi State. Devontae Graham, the leftover. Uh, Azabuki, who was hurt last year, very talented big. And then uh, Vic on the wing, who had some great moments last year. Man, that would be an unbelievably talented squad for Bill Self. Pencil in title number 14 for the Big 12 if he goes there. So I'm telling you, Mike and I are telling you, Marcus Bagley III, his landing spot and possible reclassification in the 2017-2018 season is absolutely crucial to the landscape of NCAA basketball this upcoming season. Wherever he lands, it will have an enormous impact on the college season and will also, as we stated at the start, have an enormous impact on the 2018 NBA draft. And he just might be the first pick overall. So let's see how his visits go. Let's see where he ends up landing. And let's see if the reclassification actually takes place. It's a great talking point on the offseason for us college basketball vagabond junkies. And speaking of junkies out there, we just wanted to say ahoy out there to a couple of people. We wanted to say ahoy to a couple of old school, old time screen the screener fans. We want to say ahoy out there, Boog79. Thanks for pitching in. We want to say ahoy out there, Gonzalo Bedia. And we also want to say ahoy, an overseas ahoy, to at Moritz. 421987. Love the hoops talk from across the pond. Cheers. And just a little personal story. I caught up with my buddy from Germany this past weekend. He was back in the States for his brother's wedding. It was so nice reconnecting. And Mike and I hope that all of you take this summer to hopefully reconnect with a person that you haven't seen or talked to or been in contact with, you know, the past couple of months in this summer. Uh, reprieve gives you that moment to go ahead and reconnect with that person or those people. So go ahead, reach out, make that connection. Hope it's uh, rewarding. It totally will be. And we just want to say ahoy and cheers out there. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Bell Jar, for bringing us in and out. Uh, and thank you, thank you, thank you to all the loyal listeners out there. We'll be in touch next week. And keep an eye on where this Begley things go. This, this thing goes. It is going to be absolutely crazy and absolutely nuts to see where in the world he actually lands. Cheers out there, everybody. Salancha. Gratulatia. We'll catch up with you soon. <laughs>